world. The past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So why don't you start each day with it, make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day in today's show. Got a fun one for you if you are if you are a regular listener to this regular listener to this very podcast. I have been telling you nonstop that January is home heavy. I've been saying it so much that you might have yelled into your headphones from time to time, "How home heavy is it?" Or if you're less corny, you're like, "Mike, we know." Or Give us the specifics. Any number of things you could have yelled into your headphones. If you listen to me every day, I'm sure you do a lot of yelling uh, at things I say. And I appreciate you very much for listening. But what I want to do in today's show is break down the schedule ahead because it really is softer and it's an opportunity in front of the Blazers. Uh, It is a chance to, I don't know, I don't think fatten up is the right word, but is a chance to solidify yourself in in the crowded Western Conference and move up, not down in the standings. And, And the Blazers need to be, you know, this is their chance to do it because it gets tough again in March, a bunch of road games at the end of the year. So if they're going to make a move or if they're going to solidify themselves very, very squarely and safely in that playoff picture, the next six weeks is when it happens. From now until the All-Star break is when it happens. So let's get into January. The Blazers play a their final game of December, final game of 2022 is Friday evening in San Francisco against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, They'll play, that is their first of six consecutive games against teams that are below 500. They got to take advantage now. But that road game is uh, one of not too many that they will play on the road in January. They play 15 games. So that's, you know, over the next 16 games, 11 at home, five on the road. But if you, after, uh, after Golden State on Friday, 11 home games, Four road, four road games in all of January. Four road games in all of January, including this stretch with six straight against below 500 teams. At Golden State, back here home against the Pistons on Monday, then a little three-game road trip. Minnesota, Indiana, Toronto. Um, all winnable games. You know, Toronto's probably a little better than the record, but they have struggled. Uh, Minnesota has, just can't get right. Indiana is coming back to earth. They're not a very good basketball team. Then they're back at home for four straights, uh, starting with Orlando. And then the, the by far the toughest part of their schedule in January, by far the toughest part of their schedule is a stretch from January 12th until January 19th. It's a, the second second week of January. Things think That's when it gets absolutely the toughest. Cleveland at home, a back-to-back home games against Dallas on uh, a Saturday-Sunday weekend set against the Dallas Mavericks. At Denver on a one-off that following Tuesday, and then Thursday they play the 76ers at home. That's the stretch against good teams. Cleveland is good. They're like, uh, I think they've slipped a little bit since they lost to the the, to the Brooklyn Nets, but at one point they had the best net rating in the NBA. They're like sneaky championship good. They're, they're a very good basketball team. Um, the thing they can't do is guard big wings. So Jeremy Grant, go off, King. Uh, Dallas, they're missing some, some parts, but they can... Luka Doncic, pretty good. He had 60, 20, and 10 last night. Um, he can he can win you some basketball games. Two against Dallas, those are tough. At Denver, that's tough. And, and Philly is tough. Following that, the Lakers, Spurs, Jazz, Raptors, and Hawks. Among those, only the Jazz have winning have a winning record. That ends up that ends January with six consecutive home games. 
it is easy for them, or at least it should be on paper. It's easier for them. Um, after after that Golden State game, like I mentioned, eleven out of eleven out of fifteen um, are at home, and and the with a little mini three game road trip, Minnesota, Indiana, and Toronto. Then from January tenth until the All Star break, the Blazers play four total road games from January 10th to the all-star break four total road games from January 10th until February 1st to close out the last three weeks of January from the 10th until until the start of February one road game that's that game in Denver that's it that's it it is right there for them it is right there for them I don't mean to paint home games as like win like wins like inherent wins these are eight and six at home it's not like they've they've dominated these teams but you get the Pistons at home. You get the Magic at home. You get the Spurs at home. You get like you. There are some thing. There are some games that you just chalk up as absolute wins. You find a way to win some of these tougher games. You know, Cleveland. That's a, at home is an easier win. Obviously, they lost in Cleveland earlier this year. Dallas uh, played one one competitive game, one beat down against the Mavs. Uh, you know, that's uh, find a way to at least split those home games at Denver. We'll see what happens, but at, at Philly or Philly in, in Portland, then the, the close of the month is just so crucial. Lakers, Spurs, Jazz, Raptors, Hawks, all winnable games. Uh, the the Hawks, as I'm recording this, are, are a 500 team. So you you close up the year, they close up the month with uh, four out of six against teams below 500, five out of six against teams 500 worse. The only team with a winning record at home during a six-game homestand as we stand right now are your Utah Jazz, who are right there with the Blazers at like teetering on just winning record. They're 19 and 17 as I record this. Like all winnable games to close the month. It is it is a it is a winnable stretch with a handful of road games early, and it gets really soft at the end of the month. If you are going to do it, it is right now. That's what I want to talk about in the second segment. I don't see this as a chance the Blazers can like run away and hide. The West is way too crowded, but this is an opportunity to move up in the standings, and it's an opportunity to move up in the standings just like based on what's happening in the league. Let's talk about that in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. If your New Year's goal goals are to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about like a streaming service that you bought to watch just one show or a free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want, press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service, tedious emailing, all of that. Rocket Money will take care of it. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, and they're saving the average person up to $720 per year. Uh, I've used Rocket Money. Uh, it is super simple just to get your eyeballs on all of your subscriptions quickly. I am a mid-range millennial, and uh, I am someone who has a lot of digital subscriptions. It was quick to say, here's what here's what I got. Here's what I'm paying for. Under 15 minutes, it's all there on my phone, an easy-to-use app. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions. Manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. One more time for 
for you, rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. All right. The opportunity is there for your Portland Trailblazers. It is right there for them with, with a home heavy January. 11 of their next 16 at home. And after this Golden State game, get a weekend off. 11 of 15 home in January. It is um, Capricorn season and it's time for the Blazers to be uh, grounded and take advantage of what's ahead of them. Uh, shout out to my astrology hoop heads out there. There's got to be one of you listening that appreciated that reference. Maybe one. Eh, we'll see. Uh, regardless of, of um, whether you, you or someone you love has taught you about astrology, this is an opportunity in front of the Blazers. Like real deal Holyfield a chance for them to move up in the standings. And it's not just because of the six consecutive games against teams with losing records. Win the easy ones. TCB games. Take care of business. It's it's not just because there's basically a week of tough games sandwiched between stretches where you're playing teams with losing records and the majority of those games at home. That's, that's their forum. And then the rest of the league is just, is there has, injuries are part of the deal. For the Blazers, they're missing a bunch of quality role players. Um, if Gary Payton returns on Friday, it'll be a big part of uh, tomorrow's show in the preview. If, they, if he's, we'll check the injury report. Um, but if not, you know, we'll, we'll it's it, that's up in the air. But you know, Nazir Little's out, Justice Winslow's out. The Blazers have their top tier talent. They're missing role players. But around the league, the Phoenix Suns, who I'm recording this as none of the games have finished as I'm recording this on Wednesday. You are listening to Thursday, December 29th show. The Suns announced today that Devin Booker is going to be out at least a month with a hamstring injury. Suns are in fifth place. Devin Booker is their engine. Um, Add him to Cameron Johnson, who's missed games, and uh, Jay Crowder, who's just straight up not playing. And the Suns are due to slip. They have been good when Devin Booker plays. They are not nearly as good, and it is too big of an ask on 37-year-old Chris Paul. When Book plays... The Suns can are championship level good. When he doesn't play, they are a middling team at best. They're going to miss him for a month. It is a it is a there is there are challenges ahead for Phoenix. Absolutely challenges ahead for Phoenix. The Blazers are you know a couple games back of them in the standings. They're currently in eighth as I record this. The sixth place Mavs, uh, who just won an absolutely bonkers game at home against the Knicks on Tuesday evening, uh, where they came back from down nine with. 30 seconds left, and Luka Doncic had 60 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. Herculean stuff from Luka. He is missing role players, though. Maxi Kleba has had hamstring surgery. He's out for a long time, might, might may return this season. They're missing Dorian Finney-Smith, who has a groin injury. Like, key, key role players. Guys who played huge minutes when they, when they made the Western Conference Finals. Like, this is, they are... Um, crucial to what they want to do like they those are when they get when big wings come to town Dorian Finney-Smith gets the first crack at him Maxi Kleber gets the second crack at him and then Reggie Bullock gets the third crack at him like that that's hugely crucial to their identity um and some better floor spacing options than what the big men Dwight Powell and um and JaVale McGee offer Dallas like those are they are missing that um obviously it's just like a bunch of Christian Wood minutes and he's been better seven consecutive games with at least two blocks who knew um he's he like but Dallas missing crucial role players they're sitting there in six like they're going to need Luka to be a monster he might be a monster behind the Blazers in the standings Golden State is without Steph Curry, who's out at least two more weeks. Um, He's going to be reevaluated in two more weeks. But two more weeks without um, 
without Steph Curry in the lineup, and, and the Warriors are worse for it. Like, you know, they bounced back and got a really nice win on Christmas over a very good Grizzlies team. And, like, they have... Jordan Poole is a bucket. Uh, Clay Thompson, when he's good, is good when he's he's been up and down, though. And there are moments when Draymond Green reminds you that he is still a very special player, but they have been inconsistent, very inconsistent, and they get inconsistent play from the back half of their bench, which is a bunch of youngsters and veterans who don't quite fit. Dante DiVincenzo's rounding into form and all those things. None of those dudes are Steph Curry. The Warriors are in 10th place, missing their best player. The Blazers have to take advantage of this opportunity. And in 11th place, the Wolves, who we thought would be like right in the mix for probably competing for a you know home court advantage type playoff spot they're in 11th uh carl anthony towns the earliest or the, he'll likely won't be back till the middle of january if not later um you know he's it's everybody's missing parts the the the, the not everybody but, i mean around the league people get injured but like key key teams in the west who like golden state and minnesota who thought be right and be in the mix and phoenix and dallas who are in the mix missing parts the Blazers are missing parts too injuries are absolutely just like part of how this all works it is it is um in general it, it evens out quote unquote around the league it's like it, you have good luck or you have bad luck if Portland maintains relative health knock on wood I'll do it for you uh but like it maintains relative health and takes care of business they are they are bound for a successful January and a chance to climb out of eighth and climb the standings. It's not a runaway and hide situation. Right now, the Blazers are four and a half games out of first place as I record this, and four games out of 13th. A bad week, a, like a tough week, you're out of the play-in. A really hot week, a really hot couple weeks with a soft schedule, you are second or third in the West. That is how close it is. Um, teams at the top of the of the standings, Denver's getting healthier. Memphis, you know, has has most of their folks back. At some point, Brandon Ingram is going to come back and join the Pelicans. Like, folks at the top of the standings in the West, they're healthy. Health matters, or or getting healthier. In the, in, in New Orleans' case, they just won without their guys. Uh, that's their trick. Uh, like, it is. It's it's part of it. Um, the Blazers don't have to apologize. They have to go take advantage. The opportunity is right there in front of them. Take care of business in all the TCB games. Home games against below 500 teams. Win a couple on the road against below 500 teams. And just split the tough ones. You split Cleveland, two against Dallas, Denver, and and, and Philly. You go 500 in those games? You are in such a good spot. You are in such a good spot. You are like comfortably at the end of January. You are fourth in the West. And that's, you know, that, that, that it gets harder in March for the Blazers. They got a six-game road trip, and they play a handful of other road games. Like, it gets, it gets hard again in March. Now is the time to do it. From January 10th until the All-Star break, four total road games. Four total road games. Go win the games at home. Go into the All-Star break, and, and that'll be past the trade deadline in a comfortable position. Go take advantage of it while it's there because it's absolutely there for you. The opportunity starts, I mean, it starts Friday. January is the month. January is the month to solidify yourself as a legitimate playoff team. If you sink, it does not bode well. If you tread water, you don't set yourself up as well as you could. If you just take advantage, which the opportunity is there, you are in such a, you are in such a good spot. They got to take advantage of it. January is there for them. Home heavy. Home heavy. How heavy is it? All right, so close the show. Guess what? Yusuf Nurkic is on pace to be the greatest three-point shooter the Blazers have ever had playing the center position. The best long-range bombing big man that ever wear a Blazers uniform. 
I got the numbers and I will tell you about it. But first, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Look, if, if you're thinking about going out and having a time with your f- friends, partying a little bit because it's New Year's Eve, you can get yourself in a spot where you have a few too many drinks and you might think to yourself, I don't need a ride home. I live nearby. I can make it. No big deal. What are the odds that I get pulled over anyways, you might ask yourself. And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Well, it's a lot. Your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You could total your car. You could kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober, get pulled over. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Yusuf Nurkic made five three-pointers against the Charlotte Hornets on Monday. Yusuf Nurkic is shooting 46% from three. Yusuf Nurkic, the Bosnian beast, the man you know and love, is on pace to become the greatest three-point shooting center in Trail Blazers history. The greatest long-range marksman over seven feet to ever don the pinwheel. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I've been sitting here on this podcast, literally literally last season on this podcast, I had a guest on, uh, Mark Schindler of, of uh, a bunch of places, Indy Corn Rose, and, um, and he's, he podcasts for The Athletic, and he's he's prolific basketball person and, and just a basketball brain. And he asked me, like, how tired of you are you of Yusuf Nurkic shooting above the break three-pointers. So that's like non-corner threes. I said, dog, I'd be cool if he never took one ever again. <laughs> I told Nur- Yusuf Nurkic to never take an above the break three ever again. It was like a year ago. It's like a year ago in the space, maybe maybe 14 months, but it was, it was, you know, into the winter season. I was wrong. (laughs) Yusuf Nurkic is shooting 48% on above the break threes, uh, 38% on corner threes. He just doesn't take many. Three of eight from the corners this year, according to Cleaning the Glass. Um, I think that's just like you're talking one shot. He makes one shot. He's shooting 50% from from the corners. Um, Dude's bombing. Dude's bombing from deep. He is 26 of 56 on the season. He's taken about two a game, 1.9 a game and making just shy of one. That's 46%, about half. Uh, 26 of 56 on the season. When he attempts his next three-pointer against the Golden State Warriors, he will set a career high for three-pointers attempted with 57. Last year, 15 of 56 from three in 56 games. He's taken about one a night, or exactly one a night on average. 15 of 56, shooting below 30% from three. I was over it. I said, I do not want to see it anymore. I'm I'm like, not only, not only did I not like it because he shot bricks, he's shooting under 30%, but it takes away what makes Nurk special. He's gigantic. Get in the paint, go mix it up, get an offensive rebound, roll to the rim, like get in there and score where you're capable. Standing out by the three-point line takes you both. He wasn't making threes and it, was taken away from his, taken away from what he does well. This year, his spacing 
is changes changes the whole calculation for the Blazers. Not like wildly, right? He's not. Um, there was the year that Channing Fry went from playing for the Blazers, where he didn't really shoot threes, and he joined the Suns, and they were just like, yeah, shoot as many as you want. And he became this like long range bomber, and he was like a absolutely broke things for the Suns because you had a dude who's 6'11", 7 feet tall who's just launching threes, like just absolutely getting him up. It's not even in the mold of Brooke Lopez, who's, you know, taking, who was taking like six a game at his peak. Um, and it's like, oh, he's going to pop on pick and pops. Like you have to go get him. Nurk's not even really running pick and pops. He's mostly just spacing to the three point line um, when they are, when an action is away from the Blazers, because his man is naturally going, or when the Blazers are running action away from him, because his man is naturally going to go help. Like if they're running a pick and roll on the opposite side, Nurk's man is a center. He's going to roll. That person's going to roll into the paint and say, I'm going to keep you out of the, away from the rim. And Nurk is, is feasting, taking advantage, spacing, particularly to the wings, like to the foul line extended three point area. That's where he's, that's where he's bombing away. It's not like he's setting screens and popping his feet out real quick and launching three pointers like Kevin Love. He's not doing that. But the calculation that this dude shoots threes changes the way defenses have to guard the Blazers. Uh, it has started. The littlest, littlest moments you see it where where a guy takes half a step towards Nurk and he doesn't help him to the paint and that opens up a drive or Nurk catches it and the defense moves to him. They say, okay, we've got to, we, you have to close out. And because of that closeout, you can swing the ball or you can cut in behind him and make it happen. Nurk's not, not going to attack closeouts off the bounce. Like that's not going to happen. He's not going to see someone charging at him at a three point line and like put it on the floor and dunk. Like, in fact, please don't dribble Nurk um, lumbering towards the rim from 25 feet out. You will run someone over and they will call you for a foul. Do what you do best. And apparently what you do best is shoot three-pointers. Also, don't listen to me because I have been dead wrong. Nurk is... Nurk shooting threes changes the geometry of the court. The Blazers desperately need more three-point shooting. Man, desperately might be an overstatement. They need more three-point shooting, period. And Nurk being a willing three-point shooter is valuable. Uh, Kevin Pelton of ESPN.com has written about this, and he's convinced me just in chatting with him is that volume, like willingness to take three-pointers, is almost more valuable than making threes. Guys who shoot well from deep, but people don't perceive them to be good three-point shooters, a la Grant Williams in, in Boston, you don't get closed out on strongly. But if you continue to shoot, yeah, people will close out on you. Another thing for like for my nerds out there, and let me just say this: three-point shooting stabilizes like the, the statistically over about 750 attempts. So Nurk's only about 700 attempts away from normalizing as a, as a 40% three-point shooter. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he gets there. I'm not sure he's like a 40% three-point shooter. Shoots a bunch of open ones though. Shoots a bunch of a bunch of wide open ones. Um, and he was getting open ones in the past and missing them too because they just weren't guarding him. He'll they'll become a little bit less open as they go forward. But let's say Nurk is like a 38% shooter on on only wide open attempts. It changes the Blazers' offense, changes the look, and it allows more uh, more just release valves for if you drive to the rim or if or if there's a trap on the on the on the opposite side of the floor trapping dame or trapping anthony simons just more positive release valves nurk can be that guy his three-point shooting is changes the geometry of how you have to guard the blazers and here's what i promised he's on pace to become the greatest the most prolific three-point shooter in trailblazers history there have been eight such seasons where a player listed at seven feet or taller for the portland trailblazers has made at least 25 three-pointers yusuf nurkic has made 26 arvita sabonis owns three of them myers leonard owns two of them zach collins owns two of them 
Myers Leonard in the 2018-2019 season, the year that the Blazers went to the Western Conference Finals, became the first Blazer big man in team history to make at least 53-pointers, big man like center, 53-pointers uh, in a season. He was 50 for 111. Uh, Arvidas Sabonis in the 96-97 season went 49 for 132. <sighs> Man, Vitas had it. Man, he had it. Uh, Sabas should have. Sabas just needed one more three. He would have been. He would have been uh, had that clean round fifty tie with Myers as the most prolific three point shooter in NBA history. If Nurk continues at this pace, plays, he's on pace to play seventy two games. He's appeared in eighty eight percent of the Blazers games throughout a season. That's seventy two games. If he appears in seventy two games and makes them at this clip, forty six percent, he will easily eclipse the Myers-Leonard number, making 64 three-pointers. Nurk's going to cruise past. If he dips, he is still on pace to make more three-pointers than any Blazer has in the history of the franchise. Yeah, the league is different now. Yeah, someone Nurk's size would not have been asked to do this. They would have been shunned for doing it not even that long ago, like in 2013, it would have been unacceptable for Yusuf Nurkic to launch two three-pointers a night. And yeah, the best shooting big man in Blazers history is actually Cliff Robinson. He was 6'10", played a little power forward, played a little bit of center, uh, had three consecutive seasons when he made at least 133s. Uh, Cliffy was actually a long-range bomber. He was taking 400 three-pointers. Uh, like, but th by then, you know, with Chris Dudley and Mark Bryant and Harvey Grants on the team, like, um, he was more of a three. He, he was more of a small forward then. But if, and, and the cutoff I was using to find the NERC number is like seven-footer. It's all arbitrary, but it's fun. And the real thing, even if this isn't historic or all those things, the real thing is that Nurk shooting threes is a is a weapon and a useful one now. Um, he's he's had seven games where he's made at least two three pointers this year. It's I don't think you want Nurk taking eight seven threes a game like that's how he took against the Hornets. Take seven threes if you've made five, right? But like, uh, it it is. It is a useful tool that he has in his tool belt that he is comfortable shooting and defenses know they have to guard and that's what changes the game. The awareness that when you watch film, yeah, the big dude shoots threes, 27, he shoots threes. You do have to close on him. Like you don't have to close hard, but you have to close on him. That alone in the scouting report is enough to change the way he gets guarded and make it easier on Dame and Ant and Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart and, and, and others to get where they want to go because the tallest person on the court has to respect the big dude for the Blazers launching three-pointers because he's making 46% of them and he's taking at least two a night. Well, not quite, 1.9. But more, he's uptick recently in, th in three-point attempts. Nurk, the greatest big man shooter in Trailblazers history. <laughs> Maybe. Or at least someone who shoots three-pointers now. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Make the show your first listen every single weekday, Monday through Friday, free on all platforms, wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Tell your friends. Also tell your friends to make their second listen, Locked On Sports Today, 22-minute program covering all the biggest stories across all of the major sports leagues. Check it out. Come back for tomorrow's show. We'll talk about that uh, Golden State Warriors game. Talk a little about whether Gary Payton's going to come back with a heavy eye on that injury report. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.